Welcome to the Football Fun Factory Podcast. The weekly show for football mums, dads and coaches that showcases all things kids football. Starring FFF head coaches James Cutting and Johnny Martin. So Johnny, this is not the FA Cup draw for the episode uh, 11 of the Football Fun Factory yep. Podcast. This is, of course... The FFF Cup draw. <laughs> Correct. Right? Much better than the FA Cup. So the FFF Cup um, is all about answering questions that people have been asking recently. Yep. Um, either face-to-face um, by, we check through like recent emails we've received, Facebook messages, things like that. Yep. Um, and we thought, great opportunity to, quite often the questions we ask, somebody else is thinking something similar. Yeah, um, definitely. So we thought, we've got all of the balls inside here. We're going to select one at a time. Um, and we're going to pull out, and we've written a list of, yes. what is there, 12, 13 yeah. questions, something like that, um, we captured, um, we've been asked in the last few days, and we thought uh, we could rattle through a few of those, see how many we can get through in 10, 15 minutes or so. Sounds good. So, I'll go ahead then, let's go, let's draw the first straight in from the FFF Cup, it is ooh, number 10. Okay, right, here we go. Uh, okay, number 10, Cassie. Cassie sent in a question and said that, um, I saw that you are starting an FFF session in Huntington. Uh, my son is just six years old and started to show an interest in football, but has never played before. Is this an issue? Brilliant. So um, I remember actually talking to you about this this morning, yeah. about this message, because I said, oh, yeah. read this message, Johnny. Yeah. And we sort of had a, a little bit of a giggle about it, because yeah. it was almost like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Literally perfect. The, the children that come along to our sessions are... Loads of beginners, yep. loads that don't play for a team. Equally, some that do play for a team, loads that got experience, but also want to have a session alongside their um, local grassroots club training. But um, all abilities, all ages. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is because obviously as much as we can answer this from our perspective, and that one's a direct question about the Football Farm Factory, Yeah. but the podcast is really designed to be for football parents and coaches, whether yeah. they're involved within our programmes or not. Yeah. And I would just say in general, go along to things, you know, try things out. Yeah. You know, even if it's someone else's football programmes, go and do it because yeah. I think um, the, the more experience the child can have, the better. Well, this morning when, you, when I read that, I said, <clears throat> well, that's literally what we're trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to create as many opportunities for as many children as possible, whether it's their first or their 101st, it doesn't matter. So if someone wants to get involved, crack on. Absolutely. Go on then, you draw the second ball. Number 10 plays. (laughs) Away from home. Number seven. Number seven. Oh, it's a big tie. Man United. Man United. (laughs) Uh, Right, this question is from Ollie. Okay. Uh, It said, if you and James are looking for a topic for a future podcast... I'd love to hear your thoughts on how a parent who manages a team that includes one sibling but not the other deals with that situation. One sibling but not the other. Okay. So we spoke. Yeah. Well, yeah. we actually we we've planned forward a little bit, and we are going to do a podcast that um, looks into managers. Managers. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So this probably some of that stuff will come under that that um, whole podcast. Yeah. So one sibling in the team but not the other. Yeah. You go. Well, some of the problems you probably face with that is you don't get to see your other child play if yeah, they're yeah, a similar true. age or an age group above. And it's, well, you go home and your son or daughter's like, ah, oh, I did this today and ah, oh, I didn't get to see because I was taking taking your yeah. brother or sister's team. It's quite difficult. Um, so I think, first and foremost, if you can find any time where you can actually hand over some responsibility and go and see your other child play, yeah. 
I think that probably speaks quite a lot of uh, volume, uh, like loads to a young kid. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. my mum or dad can come see me play this week, and they yeah. don't normally because they're taking my brother or sister's team. Yeah. Um, so where possible, try and fit that in. Yeah, I think it's something I've never even really thought about. A no. situation where you know you're coaching a team, but you may have another child that then plays in a different team. Yeah. Really difficult challenge and pr- probably actually quite a common one, but one if it's not you, you don't necessarily think yeah. of that. So that's a great question and we're going to tackle loads of little things like that when we talk about managing a team and being a volunteer coach in yeah. a few weeks' time. Right, let's go. Yeah. Quick fire. Try and get for as many as we can. Oh, go for a yellow ball, number 15. Oh, we must have more than more than 12 then. Uh, yeah, last one. Uh, Stephen. I really like the blue card system used to get the best out of children. Have you got any tips on how I could do this within my sessions? Steal our idea. You <laughs> yeah. Use the blue cards. Why not? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great way. One way that we've used to, um, yeah, just get the best. I think I really like the way he's worded that question. Yeah. The best out of the children best within the, the children, session. Yeah. Um, I remember somebody once said to me, oh, it's a brilliant way to get the children to behave. And I kind of didn't really like that because yeah. it's not it's not to get them to behave. It's more to get the develop their understanding of positive sporting behaviour. Yeah. You know, what does it look like to be a great team player, great sportsmanship, all those kind of things. Yeah. So the blue card system is definitely something that I would say, yeah, why not? Create yeah. your own blue cards, go for it. But I'm sure there's loads of other ways. Yeah, well. I guess one of the, the biggest things, you often get um, parents go, if you score a goal, you get £5. And if you score a hat-trick, yeah. you get 10 and stuff like that. Um, mm. But there's interesting one. Yeah, it is an interesting one. Um, I always try and um, encourage parents that, that ask me about stuff like that because I've had people before come up to me and go, oh, "Do you think it's a good idea?" But actually, if you if you uh, reward hard work, yeah, or trying your best, or things that they w- want to try and get better at, it, that's probably more value than yeah. actually goals scored, yeah, um, and assists and things like that, and shows them that. Football isn't just about being the goal scorer yeah, definitely. and winning. Yeah, exactly. Those things are really important and they're great to do. Yeah, well, but at the same time, there's more to it than that. Exactly. And, and sometimes that actually can put more pressure on you when you're playing. Like if you're on a goal bonus and yeah, you're yeah. in front of goal, you're taking a penalty. It's like, all right, I've got to score this so I can get yeah. some more match attack cards. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> exactly like, that, yeah. And that's probably what <laughs> might go through a child's head of, at the age of eight. So yeah. I think it's the same within your sessions. If Rather than you... Like, oh, what a brilliant goal. He was our top goal scorer today. Oh, right, he's worked the hardest or she's worked the hardest today and maybe celebrate yeah. a, a different a different, uh, well, different quality. Yeah, exactly. I like that. And also, you're thinking of that child who's about to take that penalty, goes for, you know, changes the type of penalty they might take because of the, yeah. the match attacks. Yeah. But actually, they might think, I'm going to try that really creative one. I'm going to try a little dink down the yeah. middle. And actually, for their development, that might be a really good thing to do. Yeah, there's and there's a player... I don't want to quickly, quickly go off topic, but there's a player that um, used to be in the academy that I used to work for. And he is one of the most creative players I've ever seen in my entire life. He, But really lacked confidence. And if he tried something and it didn't quite go off, like all I used to do is go, keep going, love it, what a great try, yeah. and just like massively go down that like encouragement yeah yeah. because if he stopped doing that he might lose that when he's older and that is like an outstanding quality you don't see very often very true so it's i guess just trying to yeah rethink about what the priorities are and what the messages you are trying to get out of the kids and and yeah what you're trying to coach very good your draw blue one 
Number eight. Okay. Right. Uh, my daughter, this is from Sarah, is interested in coming along in half term, but is worried that she will be the only girl at the session. Interesting one. Well, we we, we certainly hope that in that instance that she wouldn't be the only girl. We do have a lot of um, female participants within our programmes, yeah. and it is boys and girls, all ages, all abilities. That's that's what, that's what we say. Yeah. Um, we are actively, actively, actively trying to increase the percentage of female participation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it's a concern that children will have across the board. I think when it yeah. comes to football. Yeah. I think it's um. It must be a horrible feeling, actually. I really want to go along to something, but I don't want to turn up and be the only girl. And then it's just yeah. all you're thinking about ahead of the session is, are there going to be other girls there? Yeah. And we are fortunate that we probably have a much higher percentage girls attend our courses yeah. than most football programs because of the unique nature of the activities we have. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I really like is in the school holidays in particular, we've got October half term coming up. Um, our football fun camps that we're rolling out for the first time this this school holiday. What quite often what we'll get is because we we do still get majority of boys attending the session. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's probably 80% boys. Yeah. But there are a fair amount of girls that come along too. But quite often a a boy will be dropped off, sibling, female siblings with him. Yeah. And then they'll sort of walk into the sports hall in the morning, see all the inflatable set up, and think. Yeah. I didn't want to go to a football course, but now I think that I might like <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. Um, so that that happens quite a lot. Yeah, I think it's probably a bit of a shout out to anyone that coaches a, a female team yeah. to get in contact with us because yeah. we really want to try and increase female participation as much as we can. Um, and I, I've had people not come to sessions because uh, I don't want to be the yeah, only yeah. girl. And uh, like that's the opposite that we want to try and do. Yeah. Like, if you are one girl, brilliant, come along. And we'll, you could be the first of many. So it's like, if, yeah, if you exactly. know any girls that might be interested in stuff, then almost get in contact because it's, it's such a, what that needs to happen. Girls and boys both need to be playing football and it's a brilliant sport that... Yeah, I mean, there's in the sort of medium to longer term, there's some brilliant things happening with the, with the, with the English game with, yeah, with yeah. football and... and the Lionesses and things like that. Yeah. So so that got great exposure um, recently. And I think that we'll do all that we can. We're sort of trying to dream up initiatives, but then without discriminating against yeah, boys. Because yeah. we'd love to say, do you know what, this half term, there's 100 free places for girls yeah. to drive up female participation, which kind of, then there'll, there'll be some grumbles then that, that how are you doing that for girls but not boys? So yeah. it's, it's a difficult one and something that we will think long and hard about because we are desperate. We would yeah, love yeah. nothing more than 50-50 than and just to have as many girls there yeah. as possible. 100%. Is it my turn? It's your turn, I think. Playing at home. Playing at home. Number five. Number five. Let me go. Hopefully on Sky Sports. <laughs> uh, this is from Jason. Uh, my team has lost 4-0, 3-0 and 8-1 so far this season. Okay. And I'm trying not to let this affect their confidence. Any tips? Okay, so it sounds like it's three games in, three defeats and yeah. one fairly heavy one. Yeah. Um, does it say the age group that it doesn't say? No, it doesn't say. Yeah, challenging one, especially if if it was in that order. You know, yeah. If they lost their last game, it was the third game they lost in a row and it was 8-1, yeah. a heavy score. Um Really, really challenging because what you want the children to do most, most importantly, especially if it is a younger age group, is enjoy their football. Yeah. Um, I think focusing on 
um, improvement rather than result, the process that yeah, they go through, on, yeah. focusing on the positives. Um, they scored in the last game. Yeah, they didn't score in the previous two, yeah. so it's finding those um, finding those things that they can build on and improve on. Um, but it may well be that you know three games into the season they could well go and win the next three or whatever. But... Yeah, I think the, no matter what age it is, especially especially in the younger age groups from probably twelve or tens down where they're playing like smaller sided games, mm. I think it's really important for managers to have good relationship with each other. So like obviously half the time you you grow from an under eights and it's the same manager all the way through to under 11. So hopefully Mm. relationships have been built over the years, but actually just being really open and honest with other team managers and finding solutions on the day. So I've um, gone to watch games previously and there's one team playing with more than the other. Yeah. It'll be a eight V seven. Yeah. And actually that makes it like a fairer game. Yeah. And because at the end of the day, no one wants to win every game 12-0. No, no. No one wants to lose every game 12-0. Well, it's a challenge in itself winning a game 8-1 because... It's exactly the same, Because yeah. for, the, for the other side, you know, they're, they're not being challenged necessarily. They're not... They're not um, it's a difficult situation. Yeah. Because what do you do? Do you take a player off? Yeah, yeah. You know, do you give them a condition where they, they're not... You know, they have to make a certain number of passes before of scoring or whatever. But yeah, there's, there's loads of challenges. And I think that focusing on... That football isn't about the result. Yeah. You know, it might be if you're being paid hundred grand a week and you're playing for Tottenham yeah. in the Premier League. Probably a bad one to choose at the moment. Sorry, Johnny. Yes, mate, yeah. um, but the but yeah, it's it is that, isn't it? It's focusing on the development, the process yeah. that we're going through, finding the positives. Yeah. And and um, I'm sure that in time. Yeah, and it's being creative with solutions, I guess, isn't yeah. it? Trying to find new ways to to change things up and to make probably the uh, address the game day a little bit differently and yeah. and and when the victory does come that obviously can then be used as a, as a positive as well and, and just trying to educate them on winning and losing yeah and, and it seems it. like even more of a positive doesn't it if they then go and win their fourth game their, or their fifth game yeah, or even yeah. it's their ninth game yeah they'll celebrate that more than ever because they haven't won the previous one so yeah. it, it will all turn around go on then I'm in give a little stir like they do on our BBC yeah. one oh Number 12. Uh, 12, right. Tony, I coach an under eights and an under 13s team, but I struggle with planning the right session for the right age group. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, good question. I mean, it must be really hard if you've got a full time job. I was just about to say, taking two teams, that's some going time. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, but if you've got a full-time job, one, you that's going to be at least two training nights. Yeah. Plus, uh, it's got to be two games, so be Saturday, Saturday and, and a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Um, so to find the time to plan everything around that, like a full-time job as well, is, of course, very mm. difficult. So first and foremost, fair play, Tony. Mm. S- second of all, I think... Um, Sometimes I would do the same session with an under eight group as a men's team. Yeah, absolutely. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like, let's face it, we plan our sessions to be fun, to be engaging. Correct. I've done sessions that I've played in and I've then replicated them with a, a younger side because you can strip back information and coaching points and detail. Yeah. You can strip back conditions. You can strip back maybe the amount of goals or whatever it might be. Um, and actually make it age appropriate and exactly the same the other way you can tailor it up and if 
people and children are doing well, then you just keep making it slightly harder. Yeah, I think actually Tony's got a, probably quite a unique opportunity to develop there as a coach because uh, chances are that his under eight teams are Saturday and under 13s is Sunday, yeah, yeah. I would think. So depending on where he lives, but I would think that's probably the case. So he could probably deliver a session and then obviously it depends on the nights of the training and yeah. they're in sequence as well. But he could probably deliver the session with one team say the under eights team, and then develop it further with the under thirteens. I was yeah. going to say exactly the same thing, but yeah. you could deliver any session with any age group. Yeah. Some people go, oh, there's a session plan. Oh, okay, that's for an under tens team. Well, actually, it could be for a senior team. It could be for um, uh, an under sixes team, whatever. Um, but exactly that. It can start basic. You can always develop it further and add in defenders and challenges and yeah. conditions and 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 challenge and change it as it goes. Yeah. But I think he's got a quite a unique opportunity to deliver a session, see what goes well, yeah. deliver it again, yeah, yeah. and then take it, it somewhere new. And I think that's the skill of a coach. And I think that he's got a good good development opportunity there. Yeah. 100%. But um but I would say to Tony as well, I mean we uh, we have a huge syllabus of sessions that we mm-hmm. work through and um they're all very very simple. Yeah. Um we we aim, don't we, to get the session running within like sixty seconds yeah, of explaining yeah. it, so we're not explaining the session for ages. So I think that um, sends an email, Tony. We'll ping you over a few session plans, and yeah. maybe you can then adapt them for your thirteens as well. Lovely. Time for one more. One more. Yeah. Is it mine or yours? Yeah, you, you go. Oh, yeah, thank you. There's quite a lot of yellow ones, so I go for. A, I go for the one at the bottom, which is number nine. Right. Number nine. Uh, this is from James. <laughs> is it you? <laughs> Not me. I don't think so. Anyway, uh, my team is mixed ability. How do you manage a difference in ability, and in particular, challenge the best player without get them getting bored or ultimately ultimately distracted? Brilliant question, and it could be from me because <laughs> our sessions are all about that. Are all about mixed abilities, yeah. but also challenging each individual. So, if there is a a, a child that plays for a grassroots team that is a really talented, particularly talented child, could be yeah. in the same group, actually, as someone who's taken part in their first ever training session. Um, we always do split the age groups, sort of age and ability appropriately, yeah. and push some up that uh, are doing well within their own age group and whatever. But absolutely a common theme, you know, across grassroots yeah. football. Um, and I think it's a real, real challenge, you know. putting it, you, you, In some ways... You could argue you sort of have to tailor for the player with the least ability within the session. Yeah. Because if you put it too far ahead of their level of ability, yep. then they might really struggle and, and not enjoy it. Yeah. But then you could argue that that's unfair on then the, the player yeah. with the best ability. I think that tailoring the experience and tailoring the training session for the individuals is the key. So yeah. find a session that is, I think the best sessions are simple and basic, like we just talked about. Um, put them in place, but then individual challenges for the players that need them. Um, Can you give them a little task that they complete that others aren't completing, but without really highlighting that to the rest of the group? Yeah, I've, um, like, this is my bag. I really enjoy coaching mixed ability and and that's like something that really stimulates me as a coach. Yeah. Um, So I've I've obviously done my youth modules and my uh, advanced youth award, which... Mm. I think it's a fantastic course and, and gave me loads of ideas around this. And where possible, I actually look to um, 
it, it like mix up the ability as much as I can because yeah. I actually quite enjoy that that challenge as a coach. I think if you have got a mixed ability group, you can massively use it to your advantage. So you can yeah, okay. pair. So grouping individuals, whether yeah. it's one v ones, two v twos, you can always group the individuals of similar ability together. So they then have a good challenge. Then again, you can completely flip it and go the best and the the player with the least ability, and they can learn off each other. I think having a mixed ability group should be embraced, not feared. I think if you can uh, find new ways to challenge your best ones with individual challenges, yeah. with uh, giving them little, like when the game's going on, pulling them over, giving them something to work on, and then actually at the end, flagging it up, oh, what was your challenge? All oh, right, can everyone now try that? And building it up that way, uh, and then completely flip it on the other way and actually use them to, to learn off each other. Um, yeah, for me... I, I I love that as a coach. It's a good yeah. challenge and it's something that... It's a real skill, isn't it? It's yeah. a real skill to be able to do that. Um, but it is a very real problem to face, particularly at a grassroots level and um, sort of a bit of an exclusive, really. We haven't got final details, but we're, we're hoping to put on some sessions yeah. free of charge for local grassroots coaches to yeah. come in to work with us um, so that they can... So we can do some sessions on the grass or Astro Surf. Yeah but then also follow up with a bit of a discussion around the types of things, topics like that. How do yeah. you cater for a mixed ability group? How do you make it fun, but still coach them and teach yeah. them things, things like that. So um, we'll be sharing details of that soon. That concludes the FFF Cup <laughs> draw yep. for the uh, the quarterfinals of the <laughs> FFF Cup. Um, but we may well have a semi-final and a final to come. There's a few questions yeah. still left in and um, we look forward to that soon.